Well, good evening everyone and a very warm welcome to our service here at North Chesed Free Church. We welcome you and if there are any visitors, we're delighted to have you with us. Uh, I am a visitor myself and we trust that God will bless us as we gather together in the name of Jesus to worship him. That's what we're here for, to worship our God. And we're going to begin by singing from Psalm 107 in the Scottish Psalter version. Psalm 107, singing verses 1 to 10. Praise God, for he is good, for still his mercies lasting be. Let God's redeemed say so, whom he from the enemy's hand did free. Psalm 107, we sing verses 1 down to 10 to God's praise.
God, he prayed in the midst even of that extreme situation that you would lift up the light of your countenance upon them. And you did just that. And we thank you tonight that we can look to you to vindicate your own. And we can look to you to glorify your name no matter what it is that we may be experiencing. We come to you this evening, pray for the congregation as a whole. We pray for those who are struggling in different ways. We think of those who have lost loved ones in recent days. And we commit these grieving families to you. And for all who are bearing burdens of whatever kind, Lord, we ask that you would draw close to them and enable them to know that you are there and that you have loved them with a love that will never let them go. We ask that you would not only remember the congregation here and the community and the cause of Christ in their midst, but that you would bless your church throughout the nation and throughout the world. We pray, Lord, for the missionary church, and we ask that through the efforts of your believing people across the nations, that you would be pleased to bring many to know you personally for themselves as Lord and Saviour. And we remember our persecuted brothers and sisters, of which we're conscious that there are so many in different lands. And we pray for them, knowing, Lord, from your word, that those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake are blessed in your sight, and that the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. We pray that you would undertake for all who are in positions of leadership in our nation, all who have been called to serve you in the high places of society. We pray for the local councillors. We pray for politicians, both in Edinburgh and in Westminster and across the world. And we ask that through the witness of your believing people in these situations that you would bring about a sea change that would see us as a nation and other nations as well restored to be found walking once again in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. We ask that you would strengthen and encourage all who seek to maintain a good and consistent Christian profession in these various works, in these various callings where they find themselves placed at this time. We pray now that you would continue with us here tonight as we gather to worship you. You strengthen us all, we pray, through your word. Encourage us in the gospel and forgive us for all our sin, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll now sing from Psalm 46 in the Scottish Psalter, and we sing from the beginning down to verse 5. God is our refuge and our strength, in straits a present aid. Therefore, although the earth remove, we will not be afraid. Psalm 46, verses 1 to 5.
Our Gospel reading tonight is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and reading from verse 22 down to verse 34. Jesus has just been uh, relating what we've come to know as the parable of the rich fool. And then in verse 22 we're told that he said to his disciples, following on from his, um, that parable, he says, therefore, so whenever you see a therefore you ask what's it therefore, there's a connection between this and the previous passage. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body what you will put on, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap, they have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow, is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is God's word, and we pray that that reading would be blessed to each one of us. We now sing from Psalm 27 in St. Psalms, from the beginning down to verse 5. The Lord's my Saviour and my light, who will make me dismayed? The Lord's the stronghold of my life. Why should I be afraid? Psalm 27, verses 1 to 5.
seeking God's help, I'd like to turn with you tonight to the passage we read, Luke chapter 12, and focus on verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's not easy to know what to speak on at a time such as this. But I think that this verse is as suitable a verse as any for the situation in which you find yourselves as a congregation at this time. It's a verse that is full of encouragement as far as God's people are concerned. And God knows we all need encouragement at all times. But there are special times when we need a special word from the Lord And I can think of no better word than the word that we have in this wonderful little text coming to us from the very lips of our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In the context, the Lord Jesus has been outlining how important it is for his children to trust in him. And he's been speaking of the futility of worrying about temporal things, especially when we know that our Father, our Heavenly Father, is in control. As one writer says, to be anxious about these temporal things is needless. The Lord will provide. It is senseless. If he looks after the little birds, how much more will he not look after his little children? It is useless. We cannot, by worrying, change our circumstances. And it is faithless, as Jesus himself makes clear. O you of little faith. And so it is in that context that he tells us that as his people, we are to seek his kingdom. And these things, the the temporal things that we so often worry about, will be added to us. Make knowing God your priority. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says something similar. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. So before we launch into the sermon proper tonight, can I ask the question, are you right with God? Have you found in Jesus Christ God's provision for your greatest need, for your spiritual and eternal need? Or are you the kind of person that's so caught up with worrying about temporal things that you're not giving the place that you ought to, to being concerned about spiritual and eternal things? Make the things of God your priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And he promises that he will look after all your other needs as well. That applies to us as individuals and also as a collective body of believers here tonight. If we put God first, then he will look after the rest. And he wants us to be strengthened and encouraged by his word, irrespective of how difficult and of how impossible to understand our circumstances may be. One of the scriptures that God used in my own conversion virtually 50 years ago now was from Proverbs chapter 3 and 5 and 6. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your steps. And that is a Bible verse, or two verses actually, that we can take personally and that we can take collectively as a congregation right now. God is saying to you, as his people here in North Keswick, trust in him with all your hearts at this time. Do not lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your steps. He will lead you and guide you into the future that he has for you. And it is in the light of these great truths that Jesus utters the words that I want to look at with you this evening. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I want to look at three things. What he's saying and why he is saying it, basically. So that's just two things, really. What he's saying and why he is saying it. He says, fear not. Now, somebody once said that there's a fear not in the Bible for every day of the year. Somebody once calculated that there are 365 or maybe more fear nots or similar words in Scripture. I'm not convinced that that's actually right. But we can say that no matter what our circumstances may be, no matter what day of the year it may be, no matter what it is that we may be going through as God's people, whose word to us is do not be afraid. We sang these words in Psalm 46. And we have them again and again in the word of God. Do not be afraid. Why does he say them? It's because he knows that so often we are afraid. Even as God's people, we're afraid of all sorts of things. We're afraid of our circumstances because we don't understand what's going on. And I'm quite sure that many of you are in that position tonight where you can't understand what is happening. But God knows what's going on. He knows the end from the beginning. And we can be sure that however dire and difficult the circumstances, he will vindicate his own. And he will see to it that no injustice is done at the end of the day. There are many times in life when we are completely bewildered and perplexed by our circumstances and we don't know what to do and we don't know why these things have come upon us there are times when God's dealings with us are way beyond our ken way beyond our ability to understand I don't know who it was who penned these words but they've certainly helped me more than once when I found myself in situations that I just couldn't understand when circumstances make my life too hard to understand, no doubt or fear, no pain or strife can snatch me from God's hand. In valleys where the path is steep, with shadows dark and long, I know the shepherd leads his sheep. His grace will keep me strong. Though sorrow and perplexity are often what I feel, Gethsemane and Calvary affirm God's love is real. It is enough for me to know his promise and his care. Wherever on life's path I go, my Saviour will be there. God's word is telling us tonight that irrespective of what our circumstances may be, we are not to be afraid. 
because he is our God. These words are spoken by Jesus. These words are spoken by the one who says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Who tells us again and again that we have nothing to fear. So he says, do not fear or fear not. And he's addressing his little flock. He's addressing his little flock. He knows that his people are in a minority. And on most occasions that's where we find ourselves as well. We may sometimes find ourselves in circumstances where we're in the majority. But for the most part we tend to find ourselves in the minority. And that shouldn't surprise us. Because Jesus himself tells us that there are two roads. And that there are many on the broad road that is leading to destruction. And few on the narrow road that leads to life. And we shouldn't be shocked then to hear Jesus speak to his people and describe them as a a little flock. They are few in comparison with the rest of mankind. And yet we shouldn't lose heart even with that thought. Because the Bible tells us that ultimately the number of the redeemed cannot be numbered. That there will be a vast multitude that no man can number from every tribe and tongue and nation found in the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. But in the present we might find ourselves to be so so few and therefore we feel so weak and we feel so vulnerable. But Jesus is promising us in his word, among other things, that he will protect us, that he will keep us. The devil will be like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But God promises to keep his people. He promises to protect us. And he promises that no ultimate lasting harm will come our way. And so, although we're a little flock, although we may be few in number, that in itself ought not to make us fear. Greater is he that is in you, and he that is for you, than he that is in the world. We had an old elder in my Helmsdale days who used to say, One with the Lord is a majority. And that's still true today. If God be for us, and perhaps we could even amend that a little bit and say, since God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemns? So we may be feeling that we're few in number and therefore fragile. But God is saying, Jesus is saying, do not be afraid because he's speaking not just to those who are few in number, but he's speaking to his own little flock. He is speaking to those who belong to him, to those who are the sheep of his pasture, to those whom he has bought with a price. He's speaking to his sheep and to his lambs. He's speaking to all his own and he's addressing them and he's addressing us tonight. If we belong to his people and he's saying to us, you are my people. You are those for whom I gave my life. You are those for whom I shed my blood. Therefore you do not need to be afraid. No one will be able to pluck you from my father's hands. Nobody will be able to deliver you from my father's hands. Satan will do his utmost. The devil will do his damnedest, if I can use that word. But he will not succeed. Because you belong to me. 
So the question for us tonight is, do we belong to his flock? Do we belong to the sheep of his pasture? In John chapter 10, Jesus gives us some of the marks of belonging to the sheep of his pasture. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And they will not heed or follow the voice of a stranger. I call my own sheep by name and lead them out. Can you say tonight that you've heard the voice of Jesus calling you to be his own? Can you say tonight that you are following him and seeking by his grace to turn a deaf ear to all other voices save his? Are you thankful tonight that you can say and sing as we will at the end of the service that the Lord is your shepherd? Can you say tonight, hand on heart, the king of love my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never? If so, you can go on and say and sing, I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. You lack nothing if you belong to him. All that God has is yours, because you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. Fear not, little flock. Do you know the Lord as your shepherd? You, I'm sure, often heard the story of the actor who was found in a lounge one day with a number of other people, including one old gentleman. And uh, this actor was asked by the... They were all reciting poems and songs of various kinds. And this old actor was asked... To, this actor was asked to recite the 23rd Psalm. And he got up and he recited it beautifully. Every word in place. And when he finished, everybody clapped, apart from one old man who was sitting in the corner. And it was noticed that this old man hadn't clapped. So eventually the actor turned to him and said, Why have you not clapped like everyone else? And the old man said, Before I answer that, can I recite the psalm? So the old man swayed to his feet and began to recite the psalm. He wasn't able to do it as the actor had done it. He was far from word perfect. He, he stumbled over some of his words. But when he came to the end of his narration of the psalm, nobody clapped. Nobody moved. There was a silence in the room and some people were actually moved to tears. Eventually, after a long silence, the actor turned to the old man and he said, Can you explain why? When I recited the psalm, everybody clapped. But when you recited the psalm, everyone was moved to tears. And the old man very humbly turned to the actor and said, I don't know, but could it be that you only know the psalm whilst I know the shepherd? Could it be that you only know the psalm whilst I know the shepherd? That was the difference. The actor knew the psalm, so did the old man. But the difference was that the old man knew the shepherd. We're going to be singing a version of Psalm 23 as we finish. Can you say tonight, as we come to sing it, that the Lord is your shepherd, that you belong to the flock, that you are found among the people of God, and that you will not follow another, but that you're thankful that you have a shepherd who has paid the ultimate price for you that you have in Jesus the God who by his own blood has purchased you and made you one of his own well if you can't tonight identify yourself as one of his sheep there is still hope for you because Jesus tells us and this is the wonderful message that we have for anyone here tonight 
or anyone listening in who may not as yet be convinced that you belong to him but who may in your heart of hearts want to belong to him Jesus says other sheep I have who are not yet of this fold them also I must bring and there will be one flock and one shepherd the shepherd is seeking after the lost sheep tonight that he might bring them in to the fold that they might be found with the rest of the flock and able to ascribe to themselves the promises of God's word including this one fear not little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom Jesus is here speaking of those who spiritually speaking are the children of God those who know God as their father can I ask is that you we often recite the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven but is he our Father in heaven in a spiritual sense he's everyone's Father in one or two ways in that he's made us in his image he's our creator he looks after us in providence but when it comes to the spiritual not everyone can call God Father and the tragedy is that there are many who are ultra-religious and yet who are not in a relationship with God. Jesus encountered them repeatedly during his ministry and ultimately told them that they were of their father, the devil. They prided themselves on being the children of Abraham. Jesus was quick to point out who the true children of Abraham are and who can call God father. So can I ask tonight, are you trusting in Jesus for your salvation? Are you resting in Christ alone for your acceptance with God? If so, then he is your father. You belong to his family and he wants you to know it. He doesn't want you to be left in the dark regarding your relationship with him. He would be a very cruel earthly parent. She would be a very cruel earthly parent who didn't want his, who didn't want her child to know that the child belonged to the family. All earthly parents who are worth anything want our children to know and to feel that they belong. So does our Heavenly Father. He wants us to know if we are His, that we are His. He doesn't want us to be in the dark about that. He doesn't want us to doubt it for a moment. I was telling the folks in Greyfriars this morning that among my most treasured possession is a full transcript of a sermon preached by the First Minister of Greyfriars, Donald MacDonald, back in 1975 on the topic of doubt. Why do you doubt? And in that masterful sermon, Mr. MacDonald points out the, the fact that to doubt, ask God's people, to doubt whether or not we are the Lord's is actually sinful. Because if from Scripture we have reason to deduce we are the Lord's, then God wants us to know that and testify to it. And again in Scripture there is so much emphasis on the, so much emphasis on assurance of salvation. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him against that day. I am convinced that nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord and so on and so on. So the question for us is tonight do we know God as our Father? If so, let's remember that we bear his name before a watching world. 
just as children in a family, whether they're born into it or adopted by the parents, bear the name of the family, so we bear his name before a watching world. And as such, we need to be very careful that we seek to live in a way that honours that name. Because when one member of a family suffers, all suffer with it that member and conversely when one member of a family is honoured all are as it were involved with that individual in sharing that honour God wants us to know that we belong not only to him but that we belong to one another if God is our father then all those whom God receives into his family and relates to us as children and recognises as such we must recognise and receive and relate to we must be thankful tonight for the brotherhood and sisterhood of, that we have in Christ that we belong together with blood brothers and sisters because we are what we are as a result of the blood that the shepherd shed at Calvary in order that his sheep might be saved. That God so loved us that he gave his one and only son in order to be our saviour. And God promises to protect us, to keep us from all evil. God promises that all his promises belong to us in Christ. And God says so many things to us. Perhaps if I'm ever here again, will return to this great topic of what it means to be a child of God. But in our passage tonight, we're told that Jesus is speaking to those who have God as their father. So if that's you, if you can honestly say tonight that you have God as your father, then this text is for you. And what if you can't say it? Perhaps you're wondering tonight, how can I come to the point where I'm able to say that God is my father? How does it happen? Well, the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that to as many as received him, he gave the right to be children of God. God's salvation is on offer. His free gift for us to receive. The price has already been paid. The old account was settled long ago. It's free, but it's not cheap. It cost God his son in order that salvation might be offered to each and every one of us. There is good news in Scripture for every single human being on earth. Don't you imagine for a moment that there's not good news in the Bible for you. We live in a day that we're so used to bad news. And perhaps some are especially conscious of, of bad news just now, but there's good news. And the good news is that God is for everyone. The gospel offer is for everyone who will accept it. So tonight, if you can't say that God is your father, there's no reason why you shouldn't come into that relationship with God. If you receive him, to as many as received him, he gave that right to be God's children. And if that's you, then you are involved in this text. Jesus is saying to you, fear not, little flock, for it is your father. He's speaking to you personally, and he's speaking to us collectively as his people. And he's saying, it is your father's good pleasure, what, to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. Salvation isn't something that we earn. It's something that, as I've already said, we receive from God. The emphasis is on God giving. God gave his son. God spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all. Your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Good pleasure. 
God's heart delights in giving the kingdom to his people. He gives us the grace that we need to live for him day by day. There are many times when his people feel the heat of the day. We're conscious of labouring under many burdens. And perhaps you, as a congregation at this time, are feeling that you need, desperately need, God to come near to you, your Father to draw near to you, and give you the grace that you need to live for him at this particular time. Well, I think it was someone called Amy Johnston Flint who said this. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labours increase. To added affliction he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus he giveth and giveth and giveth again. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit, his grace has no measure, his power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. And here we're told in our text tonight that it is our Father's good pleasure to give us, to give you, his people, his little flock, his children, the kingdom. It is his good pleasure. He is more willing to give than we often are to receive. There is more reluctance on God's part insofar as blessing his people is concerned. There is nothing on his part that is reluctant in any way whatsoever. His giving is wholehearted. His giving is, as it says here, something that pleases him beyond measure. Now some people argue that this should be in the past tense for, and some versions have it that it was your father's good pleasure and others that it is your father's good pleasure. The truth of the matter is that it was and is and ever shall be our father's good pleasure to give us what? The kingdom. Now what does he mean by the kingdom? Well we could spend the next year on that and not exhaust the meaning of this word kingdom but we can say putting it in a nutshell to give us all the spiritual blessings that belong to the people of God and to give us all the good things that God's word speaks of in relation to our inheritance what we have in Christ all things are ours if we're in Christ we're co-heirs with God what could be greater than that? We're already blessed with every, not with some, but with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. What he's done for us on the cross proves his attitude towards us. 
proves what his heart is towards us as his people. So that he doesn't want us to be left in any doubt whatsoever as to the fact that he has our good at heart. And as a result of that, he's saying to us that we have no reason to be afraid. Now I don't know how it is with you as an individual tonight, but surely these words ought to be an encouragement to you. Of an idea how it might be for you as a congregation tonight. Surely these words ought to be an encouragement to you. That you need not fear. That you are his. And that as such. His commitment to you. Is beyond question. There is nothing. That he has promised regarding you. That he won't deliver. We made promises. And we failed to deliver them. God never fails to deliver his promises. He wants us tonight, he wants you tonight to stand on the promises of God. He wants you tonight to be governed by his word. And he wants you tonight to know that although it's a verse that we often quote glibly and that we need to be very careful as we quote it lest we are just mouthy words without really taking them to heart as we should but he does promise that in all things he will work together for the good of those who love him and who are the called according to his purpose this evening God wants us to place our hand in his hand and to have him lead us and guide us as a shepherd leads and guides his sheep to have him look after our interests to have him demonstrate more and more even in the trials and tribulations of life the love that he has for us we've been loved with a love that will never let us go we're engraved on the palms of his hands and no one can pluck us from there and yet there will be many times when we're at the end of our own ability to grasp what's taking place. But God always knows what he's doing. William Cowper wrote these words. And they're well-known words. They're words that we often sing in different contexts. And I want to finish by quoting them tonight. I hope for your encouragement. And Cowper was somebody who knew what it was to be downcast, who knew what it was to let circumstances get the better of him often, who knew what it was to question God, who knew what it was to doubt his own standing before God. Nevertheless, Cowper could write these words, which I'm sure many of you could recite off by heart. God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he pressures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord, 
by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. Fear not, little flock, for it is, no doubt about it, it is, not it might be, it is. Be sure of that. Be assured of that. Grasp that if you grasp nothing else. It is. It always will be. Your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Lord, bless these thoughts on your word to us and grant that they might be of some encouragement to us, especially at this time, for your glory's sake. Amen. We'll sing Psalm 23 in conclusion from the same Psalms version. The Lord is my shepherd, no one shall I know. He makes me lie down where the green pastures grow. He leads me to rest where the calm waters flow.
And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, be with us all tonight.